Straight out of the heart of Texas, here come the students of conflict, helping you become a better Malifaux player and reach the top of the podium, one game at a time. Welcome to Students of Conflict. We're Clay, Nick, and Doug. Hello. Hello. And we are trying to become better Malifaux players, leveling ourselves and hopefully leveling others up as well. Um, we do that by interviewing top third players from the Lone Star Conference, playing in Malifaux tournaments across the U.S., though mostly in Texas. We are not trying to capture their entire tournament journey here. We just want to take an in-depth look at a single game from each guest. What were the key decisions that they made before the game, during the game, and now that they're looking back at the game, what were the things that they learned that they can pass on to others? Our basic format is we interview the guests all at once, just as soon as possible after the tournament, where it's all fresh in their minds and we can get some good cross flow between the guests. And then rather than publishing one long marathon podcast, we break it up, releasing one individual podcast per guest, helping people level up one game at a time. Tonight, we're speaking with Devin and Carlo. Hello. Hello, Devin and Carlo. These guys came in fourth and third at that. April Malifaux Monthly Tournament held in Houston on the 8th of April. We're going to be releasing our discussions with them as episodes 6A and 6B. Let's get going. All right. Well, uh, welcome, Carlo, uh, again to the podcast, two months in a row. Thank Congratulations. You for Gracias. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So uh, we're discussing the uh, uh, April tournament. And um, what round in the tournament are we going to be discussing today? I believe it was round three uh, against Jonathan, if I'm not mistaken, right? Uh, yeah, uh, and I believe he played uh, Molly Squidpidge here. So uh, what faction did you declare uh, uh, for this tournament and uh, a little background on why? Uh, well, I play outcasts and only outcasts because they're the I'm best. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just, I just, uh, I, I, they're my favorite faction. I mean, I, I started as a guild player, but... Uh, uh, switched over to Outcast, and I, I haven't looked back. I like that I can I can dip my toes into a little bit of any uh, uh, aesthetics. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, I got to ask the icebreaker question, which I kind of passed over already because I was excited to talk to you, Carlo. But <laughs> board wise, yes. What was your what has been your favorite board to play on? Uh, since you've been playing Malifaux, whether it's a physical on-table board or a digital via Vassal or other tabletop simulator? So if, I, if I'm going to give you one of each, okay? The one on Vassal is the one uh, that you made because go Texas. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the the physical board... Uh, I really have to say that I think it's the coolest board. I mean, Doug always does a really good job of, of making boards, but my favorite one to play on, and I'm pretty sure he puts it out at every tournament, is the one with the giant skeleton that's buried. <laughs> yes, the Titan. With, uh, with, the, with the sword and the and the helmet of the skeleton. Mm-hmm. The only yeah, thing that Colin I don't... Clayton. Yeah, the only thing that I don't like about that one is when Leave Your Mark is... <laughs> It's in the pool and it's on that board. It's really hard to score it because the chest of the skeleton is like covering up like two thirds of scorable space and you can't stand on it. So, 
I think I might need to modify my map for that one, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so I will, I will, I will jump in and I will say, uh, and we'll we'll stick it into the show notes. But that we have got uh, it's come and take it is the name of the map on uh, Vassal. So if, if we get any listeners that play on uh, on Vassal, you have got to pull up come and take it and uh, and know that the Nick Westbrook built that map and uh, and it is a fantastically fun map. And then uh, we've also got uh, the other one. It's called the Fallen Titan, and uh, we will we'll put that in the comments as well. A uh, picture of that map, and it is it is super cool. It is wild terrain, uh, and it looks cool. And it's just it is it is an absolute fun. Uh, my favorite part on that one is there's this little gap between like the hand that's coming out of the thing and the sword. And, uh, yeah. And so you can like run under there and run around it. It gives you this little bridge thing, uh, which you're, you always have to decide before the the game, like, okay, if my, you know, can height three models fit under here, even if they really don't, because it's a nine inch, you know, or it's a huge model in reality or whatever. Anyways, it's super fun map. I love that one. Good call there, brother. Yeah. If anyone out there happens to 3D print, that is actually, uh, that file is available to purchase through the uh, Top Doug Design Store on Mini Hoarder. So nice. Recommend it. Link in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> the, the board that I played on for this particular round was the ice board. The board with all the, the icicles and the LEDs. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Fantastic. Um all right, so uh, uh, let's let's talk about your list uh, that you uh, uh, brought to this. And actually, you know what? Before that, let's talk about the uh, strat and scheme pool. Um, okay. What was the uh, strategy and the uh, schemes? It was uh, guard the stash, I believe. And uh, if I have to, I need to pull up the, I think I actually have it on my phone. But I believe it was hidden martyrs. And I've got it handy. Hidden martyrs. Spread them out, set the trap in your face, and secret meetup. And yeah, it was a flank deployment with uh, guard the stash, like you said. Yes. Guard the stash. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that was the scheme pool. I gotcha. think I picked I picked hidden martyrs and in, in your face. Fantastic. And uh, for the listeners, uh, Carlos' opponent Jonathan picked hidden martyrs as well and spread them out. And so we'll we'll go ahead and uh, jump right into your list. Uh, what master did you declare, and then? decisions made on your crew build okay so i uh, i picked jack daw and sold title version uh for this matchup and those of you that know me, i love jack daw i think uh jack daw was one of the big factors that pulled me towards outcasts even though technically he's either rezzer or outcast uh a lot of people say he's better in rezzers a lot of people say he's better in outcasts uh obviously i'm an outcast player so i'm gonna say that the amount of shenanigans that i can do in my faction uh i'm gonna i'm gonna vouch for that uh i think it's i mean I, that can give you a whole episode just talking about why i think jack Dawes better in outcasts but uh, i picked i picked two specifically because of guard the stash um so i think this is just my opinion but i think that uh jack Daw is probably our best master for guard the stash in outcasts uh simply because um he can control the middle of the board very well so if I have Jack Daw 2 and you're going to want to have models on those two middle points, like there's no ifs, and ors, buts about it. So if you ignore those two middle points, then I'm going to score those points and you are not, right? 
And if you go in there, you're going to have a bad time because there's going to be two hazardous terrain auras and Monty <laughs> saying, hey, you're going to get plinked. Your staggered's never going to fall off. You know, it's just it's just a no, not a fun place. You got the Legaya aura, if I can make it there too, which means, you know, you can't cheat unless you discard cards, which you're not going to have a lot of because you're playing against Jackdaw. So. Right, right. And so what, what made up your list as a whole? Okay, so... I like to normally, when I play Jackdaw, I find it every time I don't bring two hanged, I'm sad. So, because <laughs> yeah. I think that the hanged are probably the best model in that keyword. Uh, so I brought Jackdaw and two hanged. Uh, I brought Monty this time. Sometimes I don't bring Monty. I know this might be a shock to a lot of people, but uh, sometimes I replace Monty with the hodgepodge. But uh, I brought Monty, two hanged. I believe I brought a prospector. I brought a guilty, and I brought August Heart. I believe, and Ligaya. Am I leaving anything out? And I think uh, Servant of the Dark Powers on Jackdaw. Yeah, that looks like what uh, what's in our show notes. I picked Servant of the Dark Powers. Normally, I like Wanted Criminal more on Jackdaw too because Jackdaw two is extremely fast. He is a six six speed incorporeal model. And just giving him that extra two inches of bump. Oh, he also has that uh, trigger. What's it called? The mass trigger. Oh my God. Burst of his... speed. Yes, burst of speed. Thank you. Yeah. Which so he he's very very mobile. Um. So giving him that extra two inches, and you know you can't really tie him down with unless you, if you play it correctly. I tend to lean towards wanted criminal more on Jackdaw two, but uh, knowing that Molly is going to pling me for doing damn it doing uh multiple out of the same action having that healing after i kill the model with jackdaw might come in handy and more importantly since it was a flank deployment or a corner deployment getting him up the board that much faster with herald so that he can uh push his whole crew up with his bonus action for the unpack as we determined is very important in these uh, <laughs> corner deployments <laughs> <laughs> A quick question for you. You mentioned that uh, this crew's got hazardous auras. What in this crew is giving you hazardous auras? Jackdaw 2's upgrade. It's called uh, Curse of Reckoning, I want to say. It basically puts a 3-inch hazardous aura that only affects your models on one of your models when he hits you with his uh, melee attack. Uh, And if if you don't do damage with that model, it goes away. That is, could could you just talk through how that how that plays out? I I have to confess that I have never faced Jackdaw either one lucky. nor two. Oh, it's a, yeah, like, and, and 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 I and I kind of understand that. So could you just yeah? Do you mind just talking through just kind of yeah? I'm like Curse of Reckoning or whatever. Yeah, like how does this all work? Jackdaw revolves around. Okay, so this is probably my favorite crew design crew in all of Malifaux. For those of you that don't know a little bit about the lore of Jack Dawes, he was a criminal. He got hung for doing crimes and then, you know, he is now the spokesperson for tormented souls in Malifaux. You know? So, he likes to hang out with a bunch of hoodlums. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, what I really like about him is he is a hung criminal right so he's he has a noose around his neck in both versions and that's what it feels like to play against jackdaw <laughs> it just feels like he's just strangling you and you can't breathe because you're gonna have no cards you know a lot of his models make you discard cards in both of his versions so if you're staggered and the hang punched you you're gonna discard a card uh if you have the hangout upgrade on you you're gonna discard a card 
if Monty hits an execute trigger, you're going to discard a card or a soul stone. It, same thing with, with Jackdaw 1. If he punches you and you have staggered, you're going to discard a card. Uh, Jackdaw 2 has uh, inaudible whispers, which is you have to discard a, a tome or I draw a card. <laughs> and so, like, you're just you're just not going to have cards. And even Molly, which had that uh, has that what is it her bonus action I think that just says, hey, if you have more cards than me, I draw up to hand size. Yeah. Right. She still didn't have any cards. Like, I was shocked. I was like, well, you know, at least you're going to have cards. But like, no, she did. By the middle of the round, she was out of cards twice. Absolutely. Uh, and so. Uh, that's what it feels like. So basically, if you come into the middle of the board where you're contesting over those two guard the stash points, right, which is where most of the guard the stash game takes place, right? Jackdaw 2 also moves your models exceptionally well, okay? So he's got draw them in as a tactical, right, which, as you know, pulls all models within five inches that fail a movement duel uh, towards the, t the target-friendly model. Then he also, if he moves through you, you have to make a movement duel or he gets to place you in base to base with him. That's on the front of his card. I forgot what that oh, ability man. is called. Okay. Uh, last words. Yeah. Last words. Yeah. So, and not only can I just charge through you and then move you, but then if I get the burst of speed trigger, I move through you again and I can move you again. <laughs> you know? It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculously good if you're the player, not the opponent. I will say this, uh, it is one of the crews that I play that has the most moving parts. You have to remember what all of your upgrades do, and you have to remember where they are, and you have to remember what they make you do, because well, they're called upgrades, but they're really downgrades. <laughs> because, okay. because I put downgrades on your models, right? So since you've never played against it, there are three upgrades in the Jackdaw crew. Jackdaw himself gives out one. One, they're different in both of his versions. This one is the one, the title version puts a three-inch aura of hazardous terrain around you. Okay. Uh, the Hanged, the Hanged's bonus action uh, gives out an upgrade called Forbidden Knowledge. And what that does is it gives you a choice. You discard a card no matter what, what choice you make. Okay. But if you discard the card at the beginning of the turn, uh, so when the model that has the upgrade activates, it can choose to discard a card and suffer two irreducible damage and get rid of that upgrade immediately. And if you choose not to do that, at the end of that model's activation, you discard a card anyway, and I get to push you three inches. So that's why I'm saying that he's really good in guard the stash, because I'm going to put the, the that upgrade on your models on the flanks, right? And so you're not going to be able to hold that point, because at the end of your activation, I'm going to push you three inches away from that point. Potentially in a hazardous aura. Potentially into a hazardous aura. And if you choose to get rid of the upgrade, then I'm just going to kill your model because it's already down two points of damage. Does that make sense? So it's like, yeah. and obviously there's counterplay to all of this, you know? Yeah. Thankfully, thankfully there's not a lot of ruthless models because if you have ruthless models, like I don't, if I'm ever playing Jackdaw into guild, I just don't bring hanged because if you have ruthless there, they die really quickly. Well, and then there's also the lead line coats, which keep you from doing those pushes. Like, Yes. And if I'm not mistaken, don't the upgrades also put the keyword tormented on yes. the opposing crews? Yeah. So it now synergizes with some of your innate Correct. abilities. Yeah. Which is what reminds me of why I like bringing two. I like Jackdaw 1 just fine. Jackdaw 1 is very, very good. He's got his own niche, his own shtick. 
Um, but I, I feel like I'm getting more play with two because uh, he does guarantee damage to you, barring a Black Joker. But once you have an upgrade on you, he can use his tactical ability called Unquiet Soul on you. And what it does is if I target a friendly Tormented model, I can heal it. And if I target an enemy Tormented model, I just do damage. And since it's a tactical, it gets around everything. All I need to do is oh. flip a four, and you just take one, two, or three damage. Nice. Yeah, unresisted damage is uh, brutal in general. So that's my favorite thing for dealing with like stuff like Hard to Kill, for example. So I can activate Jackdaw and like bring you down to Hard to Kill, and then I'm like, okay, cool. Well, Unquiet Soul. As long as I don't flip a Black Joker, you're dead. You know? Yeah. yeah. Nice. Okay. No, that is super cool. Now, thanks for kind of talking me through the basics. Technically, you do have access to one more uh, curse upgrade within the uh, keyword, but you didn't bring any of the uh, guilty with you. I did bring guilty. I did. did. I brought one. Uh, so that's uh, that's the last upgrade, right? Uh, the guilty. Yeah. The guilty requires you to kill it for you to gain the upgrade. Okay. So um, and if you ignore demise, charm orders. <laughs> uh, then you don't get the upgrade at all for killing the guilty okay um but if you kill the guilty you get uh its upgrade which is what curse of punish I the wicked punish the yeah. wicked curse curse of betrayal is jacked out ones uh so you get punished the wicked so all that does is it puts this upgrade on you on, on the model that killed the guilty and while that model is alive my hand size increases by one okay <laughs> And if I kill that model that has that upgrade on it, I get my guilty back. Oh, cool. Okay. And the hand size increased stacks. <laughs> this yeah. is awesome. And so if I have two guilty and you kill both guilty, then I get two extra cards in my hand. Oh, that's so right, because it's a plus one. It's not just... Yeah, so I can go yeah. up to eight cards. But most people just avoid killing the guilty. Right. Absolutely. And, and Clay, if you've ever played against Pandora you've experienced negative player experience. This offers the same in an interesting way as, as the opponent on, on how you can get stuck by not knowing some of these interactions. It gets brutal. Yeah. yeah. I've certainly heard that it's brutal, but it's just having somebody talk me through it is, is uh, super cool. So no, thank you very, very much. Okay. So yeah. ruthless is your best friend against Jack Dog. Yeah. I'm just going to say that. So yeah. So there, that's uh, my, my uh, thing for the, the list itself. Uh, I chose hidden martyrs. Normally, I like to put that on a guilty because people, like I said, don't want to kill the guilty or they're going to give, give me more stuff. cards, you know. Uh, and uh, then the other hidden martyr I had is the Prospector because um, the Prospector is normally a model that gets either ignored or if you're dedicating stuff to go kill the Prospector, then the stuff that's more in front is doing what it's supposed to be doing, which is killing your stuff and making you not have a good time. Fair enough. And uh, for the listeners, uh, uh, Jonathan's crew uh, list was uh, Molly One uh, with the totem uh, Manos, Archie, Sloth, Forgotten Marshall with the Whisper, Kruligan, Times Two. Um, so the, uh, he had quite a mobile list um, on him as well. So um, when when he declared Molly, did that impact your decision on DAW 1 or 2, or was the strat and scheme pool screaming DAW 2 no matter what? Uh, like I said, DAW 2 is what I like to play in Guard the Stash because of the hazardous auras in the middle of the board. So I wanted to play DAW 2 before he declared anything. Gotcha. Okay. 
Now, uh, we had a uh, listener question um, yes. from good old Rage Quit Pete uh-huh. uh, from Rage Quit Wire. And uh, he asked, uh, when do you decide to play the title versus original Jack Daw? Okay. So, Angar the Stash is one example. <laughs> uh, and uh, you know that they declare masters first, right? So, when, like, all I have to tell you is that I'm playing Daw. I don't have to tell you that I'm playing Daw one or two until uh, the list has been declared, right? Correct. Correct. So, if I see something like, for example, Nakima, right? I'm not going to play Daw one because Nakima can one round Daw one. Because, uh, for those of you that don't know, Daw One only has six health. Okay, but yep. he can reduce any number of damage that he takes by pitching a card to just one damage. But if Nakima has that, uh, what is that charging blade rush? Uh, blade upgrade? rush. Yeah. yeah. So Nakima can charge three times. So he's just charge over Jackdaw, take a point of damage. I punch you, you take another point. Charge over Jackdaw again, rinse and repeat. If he does, if she does it three times and hits me three times then he just dies. And, you know, that's not fun for anyone. Right. Uh, so, uh, like, somebody like Nakima will make me not play Daw 1. Somebody like Karis will not make me want to play Daw 1 uh, because conditions will eat Daw 1 alive, especially in a faction like Outcast, which you, I can't put regen on Daw like um, Rezzers can. And condition removal, I think I have one model that can do it, which is Johan. And uh, I don't really want to bring Johan in, in, in most cases because he dies really fast. So models like that will influence my decision. Like if I know I'm playing against Karis or I'm playing against McMorning or I'm playing against Nakima, you know, stuff like that. Uh, if I'm playing against, let's say, Mayfang 2, that's going to be mm. plinking me with scrap markers, you know. So uh, I've been leaning nine times out of ten to go more towards Daw 2 because he's a little bit sturdier. Okay. But I mean, I like playing Daw One into Bayou. I like I like playing Daw One into other outcasts, for example. Okay. When Jonathan declared Molly, if he didn't have Daw Two in mind, and, and let's say the the strat and scheme pool was different, would would the Molly declaration affect how you would have chosen one or two based on what Molly brings to the table? Or yes. Okay. Yes, because uh, Daw One likes to spam. Dead Man's Caller. Daw gotcha. One really wants to be hitting you with Dead Man's Caller. Uh, so Dead Man's Caller is his primary attack, which if you have an upgrade and are staggered, you are pitching a card, and if I can hit those ram triggers, you're taking minimum four damage, right? Gotcha. So that's what that's the attack you want to be using with Daw One. And since you know you can play around line of sight with Molly too, but a good Molly player is going to put Molly where she can see you basically anywhere, right? Gotcha. And nobody plays Molly too, so yeah. And so uh, <laughs> I would still probably pick Daw Two into Molly because Daw Two has the melee attack that uh, gives you the uh, upgrade. What is it called? A uh, Curse of Reckoning. Yeah. So. Uh, what's the name of the attack? I can never remember. Uh, repressed aggression. Yes, repressed aggression, which is a good attack because it puts that on you. It has burst of speed, and it also gives you slow and all that fun jazz. It, it has inaudible whispers, which you can still do in melee because it's not a gun, uh, which is the same damage track, uh, but you have to pitch a tome or I draw a card, right? And then it has unquiet soul, so I can charge in, punch you, put my upgrade on you. 
then do the second attack, and then do Unquiet Soul, and now I'm doing three different instances of damage without taking damage myself. Gotcha. So to be clear, you're you're avoiding the front of card on Molly, where the less caress, where if you repeat an action, you're suffering two damage. Yes. You're able to bypass that with Daw 2, two because more. of the three different options, or the, the variables that you have, yes. the different options. Hey, I mean, you could do uh, four different, if you've got enough of those upgrades out there, you could do uh, four different instances of damage with your repressed aggression, you got your inaudible whispers, you got your unquiet soul, and then you can just, you know, bonus the cursed dreams and just shove people around again, too. Yes. So uh, that's okay. that's why I would lean towards two and, and Molly just in, just in general. Fantastic. Could I, I wanted to circle back on the uh, Jackdaw 1 into Bayou. Mm -hmm. Regular listeners will know that I am always trying to turn this into a Bayou podcast. Bayou show. I was going to say, here goes Clay, making it all about the Bayou again. Yeah. Bayou has a lot of ruthless models, right? Yeah, Yeah, and and the upgrades that we can just staple on. Yeah. Correct. Normally, their guns aren't that scary. (laughs) Truth. Okay. (laughs) Since their guns aren't that scary, unless they're named Remy. Right. <laughs> yeah. Then I don't really fear Bayou because if you're if you're in if you're in melee with Daw, you're gonna have a bad time. Yeah, life is rough. Okay, now uh-huh. that's good. It's okay. uh, but if you can shoot him, like that's why I don't like him in guild because the lone marshal will just kill him. Okay. Because the lone marshal can shoot three times, right? Uh, two. Two. Well, I guess rapid fire. No. Or am I wrong? It has a uh, running gun, so it could charge yeah, and then make another shot. Yeah, so it can shoot you twice, but it's also stat 7, right? Yeah. And uh, I believe DAW 1 is defense 5. So you're you're going to hit that, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to be pitching cards to, to reduce that. But he's not the only gun that has Ruthless and Guild that's scary. You know, you also got the Pale Rider, which is also a pretty good gun. You know, so like if you know what you're doing and you know, like I'm, you're going to force me to run Daw into your face a lot faster than I want to with with Guild because, like I said, he does have six six health uh, and he he works with um, the the card management a little bit more because, like I said, I have to pitch a card to drop the damage down to one. Right. Uh, and when I do that, it's irreducible. So I can't pitch a card and then stone and take no damage, right? I can either I can pick and choose. I either pick a stone to reduce, or I pitch a card and make it one damage. And then every time he draws a card, which is a lot, <laughs> every time his crew draws a card, uh, he can choose not to draw a card and to heal instead. So his health is constantly in flux. But with the amount of ranged attacks that are going to bypass terrifying in guild, it's a really scary for me to play Daw into guild. Yeah. I, I, I could definitely see that. You know, we had another listener question um, from Loki Beery, and this is maybe not so much a question, but a poke. So okay. uh, bear with me here. Um, how does it feel to bring so much misery to your opponents <laughs> with something that normally stands for something good? Obviously a poke. Yeah. But... Misery. Misery. That's another, that's another keyword. That's Pandora. Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, both literally and figuratively. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it, how does it feel? Um, I mean, I, I honestly think it feels pretty good. It feels good to, to play the crew as intended, right? But uh, it also, I, I would never, ever, ever play Daw 1. Like, you're, you just got into Malifaux. It's your first Malifaux game. Cool. I'm going to play Daw into you. I would never do that. 
ever, 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 ever so. I believe that's what is called a dick move. Yes, yeah. I, it's uh, it would be super mean, you know, to play to show somebody how to play Malifaux playing Jackdaw one. It's almost like there should be an agreed list of masters you should play with brand new players. Like these are the off limits for brand news, you know, just because of yeah. the nastiness of their shenanigans. Yeah, my favorite one to play against new players is like the Vix. Yeah, I like yeah, the Vix. Like straightforward. Hey, just yeah, very yeah. straightforward. I'll be like, hey, my models are really good at killing you, but they die really fast. Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For a starter game, I love to uh, play the Vix and hand the uh, the opponent Von Schill. Yeah, makes sense. Both Both really straightforward crews. But both very different from each other. But yeah, yeah, but no, I love the idea of playing against Davo just because it's like that that puzzle, you know, and, and I feel utterly confident that I will be, it's kind of like we were talking about a few minutes ago, it'll be last episode to the listeners, but you know, it's like, yeah, I'm going to get my butt handed to me the first time, but then I'm going to walk away being like, how can I, you know, what tools do I have to deal with this? How can I deal with this? And I, no, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited about <sighs> Playing, uh, I would love to play you at any time. Yeah, yeah. Even if it's within Vassal. But uh, a, a question: Does anyone else play Daw in our meta? Brian does sometimes, but he okay. plays a uh, Reser Daw. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, and I think that that's it. Because yeah, he and and he played like Montresor, I think, for his yeah. hardcore. That's kind of his go-to. Henchman I, it's hardcore a pretty gross list. Also. It's a pretty yeah. gross list for henchman hardcore. Yeah. Um, so I know, uh, Carlo, you touched on it a little bit when uh, we were discussing the uh, strats and schemes and, and what you chose, but uh, what was your overall game plan other than to score eight points? Um, uh, once you set the models on the board, deployed, and uh, uh, what what was your path to victory? What was your game plan to score your points? So admittedly, I did make a mistake. Um, I did bring August. Uh, August is an interesting model. Uh, he's way better in guild than he is in uh, outcasts. Uh, I actually don't think that he's that good in Daw One unless you're playing against something like Euripides. Um, specifically, why? Because Euripides hates oh, distracted. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, because it doesn't matter if you can cheat off the top of the of your deck because if you can't cheat because you're distracted, right? That's a fair point. Yeah. <laughs> so August basically just poops out distracted for free. You know, you don't mm -hmm. need you don't need any cards. To, like you just have to stand him next to people. You normally don't want to do that until turn three because uh, he's very squishy unless he has himself distracted because he uses distracted to reduce damage by two. Mm -hmm. So on turn one, a typical August activation is that you want to walk up, get into position, and then use his bonus action and hopefully you have a five of masks in hand. I did not because that would give him another point of distracted. And then that way, when round two starts, he's sitting on two distracted, which I mean, if he can reduce two instances of two damage, then he's pretty survivable at that point. Right. Mm -hmm. But I, I didn't flip a five of masks and I didn't have one. So I didn't get that extra one. And it ended up costing him his life because turn one, uh, the lone marshal took a, a, a gat, shot him in the face a little bit, brought him down to about, I don't know, like, I think, what does he have? Seven health. So he may, I think he, I think he did two damage mm -hmm. or three damage. Uh, and then at the top of turn two, uh, Archie came in there. And Archie finished him off. That's the thing. So props to Jonathan, because that's what you're supposed to do. Because August is normally in the middle, right? Because of that minus one willpower bubble that he has. 
which is the same thing doll one has it's uh whatever it's called uh, uh, disturbing uh, whispers disturbing whispers yes. um but it what it what that main thing of that is is if you don't have ruthless right it increases all of the terrifying duels by one mm. right because right, you have a significant amount of terrifying models in your crew for the correct yeah. so i have jackdaw i have both hanged and monty uh, Monty is the only one that's 11. The other ones are 12. So the average willpower stat is a five, right? So that means just to be able to hit me, you're going to take, you're going to need an eight on average, which is pretty high, right? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and that's the fun part about it. I honestly think that terrifying is one of the best defensive techs, unless you have ruthless, right? Because, mm. because I can't tell you how many times you, you flip a red joker on a tell of terrifying duel, or you flip a 13 on a terrifying duel. And I'm like, yes. And now, now I know that the next card is going to be like a three because, <laughs> <laughs> because you yeah. flipped your good card on the terrifying duel. Right. Yeah. So, or you're cheating high moderates or it's, you're already under a ton of card hand pressure stress and, yeah. and you're dropping everything that's, you know, above an eight, eight or above out of your hand just to hit it all. So now super rough. Yeah. And so, but again, props to him because if he didn't kill August and he had used Archie to try and hit the other ones, Archie's willpower is low. I'm pretty sure, isn't it? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, what is it like a four or a yeah, four defense? I think is I think it's a little or am higher. I wrong? It's four willpower. He's four, four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he's four willpower. He can't gain condition, so he could never be staggered, which was sad for me. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, but if he didn't kill August, he was gonna need nines to hit basically anyone. You know. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So he did the he did the right thing in jumping in August's face and and murderizing him. He wouldn't have been able to do so had I had one more point of distracted. And then, you know, but uh, I mainly brought August to annoy his models that wanted to do damage to me. Okay. So, like I said, the whole game plan, you asked me about what my plan was at the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. it, my plan was to control the middle of the board with my with Monty, with Daw, and with August, right? Because mm-hmm. if I have two of your models with Hazardous Auras and Monty and August in there, it's just rough. You're not going to be able to get a lot of stuff done. You know, mm-hmm. you're going to, you're going to be staggered. You're going to be plinking yourself to death. You know, uh, since you're staggered, Monty's going to be plinking you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and then it, just to try to hit me or at, you're at a disadvantage and you're also distracted, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just, it's not a good time. It's not a good time. I, I could see why this is your guard, the stash, uh, master, as you start talking about all these interactions and oh my gosh yeah it's forcing interaction in a bubble no there's forcing interaction in a bubble and it's also moving unless of course it's guild moving your models away from the points with the hanged upgrades Mm -hmm. gotcha and for the listeners and, and i'm sure some of the you guys probably know this but there's an upgrade in outcast that could make the hanged uh terrifying 13 which i just realized which it's is also it's also <laughs> hey by the way it's also in in resers let's just not... is it really yeah oh my Gra- god. Uh, Gra- gray spirits touch gives them regen too and also increases their terrifying oh my god yeah that's ridiculous this is why i hate this crew that one's better that one's better by the way giving them regen two is be- flat out better than but getting the six inch beginning of the game move is good but then then it makes them 10 points dude so like that is a hefty investment yeah uh, so i have monty and i have two hanged so if each of the hanged had that upgrade that's 30 stones right there 
That's mm-hmm. a lot of stones for three models. True that. Um, so, uh, cool. I hope that answered that question. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it uh, just uh, solidifies the uh, nature of what Daw brings to the table and pairing with this strategy uh, is kind of a brutal combination. So fantastic. Uh, Loki Berry actually asked another question, and he's asking, uh, which model hurts the most uh, when you lose relatively early? In example, turn two, turn one, late turn in the, one. In this particular list or just Daw in general? I think Daw in general is what he's getting at. I mean, losing Daw. Losing Daw <laughs> yeah. makes, it, makes it like not fun. You know? What about your second? Uh, I'm going to say worst. any model that gives out upgrades. Because if you don't have, in Daw 1 especially, if you don't have three or four upgrades out by turn two, you're hurting yourself. You need to have at least two to three upgrades out by turn two or you're not, your engine isn't working, you know? So, uh, so if you can kill my Hanged early or if you can kill Daw early, that's, that's a big plus. Uh, so I would say those probably hurt the most. It's uh, I would say Monty, but it's not likely that you're going to kill Monty early. Even with mm-hmm. Ruthless, he's still hard to wound. He still has Demise Eternal. So you gotta you gotta dedicate, and he still uses stones. So you gotta dedicate quite a bit to kill Monty. Um, uh, but out of the killable models, um, Legaya, I would say is probably the. The one that I hate losing the most. I always try really hard to protect that model. I always try to make you out position, like 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 make a bad positioning choice to try to kill Legaya. Um, because Legaya is probably one of the most annoying totems you'll ever see in this game. Agreed. Um, the betrayal aura is just too good if you stack it on top of the death bubble. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, I would say that. Fantastic. So we'll jump into the game. Okay. Is there anything interesting that happened with the interactions during this game that uh, uh, are, are worth noting uh, that maybe brought up a uh, interesting line of play or a, a learning lesson for either you or, or maybe even your opponent? Uh, yes, actually. Uh, he actually used Manos to kill Ligaya. I think he killed her at the top of turn two, uh, which is rough. Like I said, I don't like losing Ligaya that early and he used archie so his leaps were really good at picking out the models that he wanted to kill and eliminating them so he the first activation of turn two was archie leaping in and killing august so all august did in this game was walk twice you know so that hurts yeah but i immediately followed that up with activating dawn killing his lone marshal yep or forgotten marshal right forgot yeah forgotten marshal sorry yeah. yeah 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 It's okay, we forgot about him. Yeah. <laughs> but don't oh, nice. There it is. <laughs> uh, so all his forgotten Marshall did was shoot August and weaken him up so that Archie could kill him. Right? Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, and that's a cool line of play. Uh, okay, so this is another thing that's really cool about Daw 2. They're a lot faster with Daw 2 because of the ability on the front of his card. Um, I can't remember what any of these abilities are called. Beckon to Betrayal? Yes, Beckon to Betrayal. So, like I said, this crew draws a lot of cards, right? So, at any point that I draw a card, I can show you the card the card I drew and move the model who's activated two inches. Gotcha. Once per, act- once per activation. 
Okay. So I remember, like I said, activating Daw right after my August died, and he shot he shot uh, the uh, Forgotten Marshal with uh, inaudible whispers, I believe. And he he chose not to discard a tome, so he let me draw a card. So then I drew a card, I showed it to him, and that got me within charge range. <laughs> that throwing the cards off yeah. has to do some interesting mind games on that there. Because suddenly they say, hey, look what I got. It's a big card. You're like, oh, ho, ho. yeah, exactly. No, of course. I think I was around nine inches away from the Forgotten Marshal at that time. So I shot him with the 10 inch gun and then I showed him the card because he chose not to pitch a tome. Right. And so I mm-hmm. moved into charge range there because he's speed six and has a one inch melee. Right. And then I hit him and I brought him down to hard to kill. And then I used the uh, Unquiet Soul to finish him off. So good. Yeah, so uh, that was an interesting line of play. Uh, another interesting line of play was... <laughs> uh, it was kind of huge, actually, because I was able to use Monty to toss a noose at Archie and pull him closer, and then I red jokered that damage flip and nice. killed Archie, and that was in your face for me. Wow. That's cool. That's really cool. That one was cool, like because I didn't plan. I didn't plan on killing him on that attack, right? I just planned mm-hmm. to move him to get him a little bit closer so that I could get in your face. But that was just uh, the the luck of the flips there. Gotcha. And then, of course, uh, the best line of play when you're playing Daw is when uh, when you flip a black Joker with a hanged, or when your opponent flips a red Joker against the hanged. Oh, it's so infuriating. Oh. Uh, <laughs> that's sad music or minecraft that's black joker music yeah i gotcha but hey but black jokers are good and black jokers are good in a dog crew yeah and for the listeners that may or may not know the hanged have forever doomed which uh the hanged treat black jokers as red jokers whether it's been flipped or cheated and then enemy models that target the hanged treat red jokers as black jokers so there's nothing worse than trying to in opposed duels it does have to be opposed in opposed duels yeah correct so if you flip a red joker on damage on a hanged it still counts a lot of people don't know that brian corrected me on that yeah but now if you flip a red joker on say the terrifying yes it also counts as a black no that is not an opposed duel yeah, you're right. It's a simple. You're correct. Yep, it's a simple. Uh, on the attack, on the attack. On the would. attack, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but on the it, attack. Because yeah. uh, I know people who are like, oh, black, you red jokered on the uh, terrifying as a black joker. Like, no, no, that, that's not how it works. Yes, you're correct. It, it does have to be in the opposed duel, not the uh, not on the terrifying. So at least there's that. Yeah, but that, that was another thing. I believe uh, he had tried to kill one of my hanged and I flipped a black joker and he was like, all right, so it's a, it's a negative flip. I was like, no, this is a red joker. And he was like, oh no. And I was like, yep. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, buddy. <laughs> hey, he learned real hard how that card worked and he's going to remember how Jack Gall worked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, fucking hate. Yeah. They're, I, they're, they're the best. Uh, every time I don't bring two of them, I'm sad. <laughs> yeah. No, sorry. Absolutely. Hang, that's right. That's what we're talking about. And, yeah. and every time I don't see two hanged on the table, 
I'm happy. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but but here's the thing about Daw is all of his minions are good. All of them. The drowned are all still good. The crooked men have a place. They all really feel situationally appropriate. We're all looking up crooked men right now. Yeah, like Crooked Man is doesn't see a lot of tables. So yeah, if you could talk us through Crooked Man real quick. Okay, so the Crooked Man have a place in Daw 2 because the Crooked Man have two things that will make me bring them out. Number one uh, is if I'm facing a lot of, like I said, I like bringing two hanged in most of my Daw lists, right? But if I'm facing a crew, like if I flip Daw and um, you're, you got a, a lot of Ruthless on your, or you have one Ruthless model that I'm scared of, uh, I might not bring two hanged in that case because I don't want them to die. So um, I'd start thinking about what to replace them with. But I have had a lot of success with Crooked Men because they have mining tools which ignore defensive triggers. Okay. So for example, if you were banking, uh, Devin, you were talking about on the previous episode, you were banking on Angelica's defensive trigger. Yeah. If a Crooked Man punches you with that defensive trigger, you don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh, you thought yeah. shenanigans. I got better shenanigans here. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then the interaction, of course, which is if you take damage from a hazardous terrain within a certain distance of a Pokemon, it also gives you staggered. Oh, yeah. I see that. It's called shafted. Yeah. After just line of sight. Yeah. Line of sight. With thought two, you can choose where the hazardous aura is. And you, can also, right. you can also move people into the hazardous aura. And, and when. When your models are staggered against Daw, it's just not fun. Oh, yeah. Well, they, they've got a lot in that crew that attacks your movement. Yes. Yeah. And doesn't Monty keep you from removing stagger? Then, uh, yes. So uh, if you're within six inches of Monty, if you start your activation within six inches, you take a point if you have staggered. And if you don't leave his bubble, which is hard to because you're staggered, <laughs> you it doesn't go away ever. Hmm. Ouch. Yeah. Crooked man. No kidding. Yeah. So like, uh, like I said, like, I don't think Daw has bad minion options, um, especially in a GG like this, where you need to bring a lot of models. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel, I feel personally that in this GG, it's kind of hard to run with lower than eight models, especially in like covert operations or guard the stash where you need bodies to be standing all over the board. Um, so, I mean, I, I think that min a lot of those lower costed minions are getting a lot more play because you just need bodies. Fair enough. Well, all right. Um, sound like some interesting moments that, uh, occurred during your game. Was there anything maybe that, uh, you learned about your opponent's crew, um, even though I'm sure you've played against or even played as that Molly was my first in the game past. against Molly, actually. No kidding. Oh, really? Okay, yes. so you probably learned wow. a lot uh, on some of the interactions. Uh, mm -hmm. Was there anything that um, you learned that really stood out as a uh, an aha moment that you'll always watch out for going forward? That's there worth a, sharing. There was a couple. Um, number one, I mean, Archie not being able to gain conditions is a really good pick into Jackdaw because the fact that I can't give you staggered or distracted makes me sad. Mm -hmm. I don't know a lot of models that can't gain all conditions because there are certain models that can't gain like one condition. You know what I mean? Uh, or they don't suffer the effects of the condition if they gain it, for example. Like Karis's crew with the burning or like, let's say the Midnight Stalker has uh, distinguished 
or something like that, which means he can't gain distracted. Or he gains distracted, but he doesn't suffer the effects of it. Right. Um, so stuff like that. But uh, So I think that's a really good line of play by Jonathan. Not being able to gain staggered is, is you know, really good in the Jackdaw crew. Um, and then the other thing is I, the fact that his Krooligans can reactivate. So uh, I didn't know. He used that to his advantage on turn one pretty well uh, to control activation control. Uh, because all his Krooligans did, I believe, was like lay scheme markers so that Molly could draw more cards. And then uh, I forgot what the what the ability is, but Molly can make them activate again. Yeah, uh, she has constructive criticism, which requires a six and can uh, discard card uh, to let them reactivate. And the discard triggers their fading abilities to synergize with each other. So, yes. Yeah. So that was really good. Um, and then obviously like the fact that she like had cards which as a as a top player there are not a lot of crews that will have cards when you are playing against them you know like there's like maxine for example like she's always going to have cards uh mccabe they're always going to have cards um uh teary you know i could name a, a few zoraida zoraida you know like models like that will always have cards you know but when you're playing Daw, your like main goal is to make sure that your opponent by the end of turn three never has cards. Fantastic. So during this game, was there a model that stood out that would that you would mark as your MVP of the game? I would say it was either Daw or Monty. So uh, Daw, as we mentioned earlier, has that um, words. What, I can never remember the front of the card abilities. Uh, uh, the, last words. Last words. Last yep. words. So Daw was able to move his models all over the place. So he was never actually able to contest any of these points. Because between Daw moving them and Monty lassoing them and moving them and then the hanged upgrade moving them, you know, so like, uh, but Daw was really able to... Uh, Plank people with bursts of speed, move them all over the place, move them into unfavorable positions, you know, and then, you know, unquiet soul. I would say it had to be, it had to have been Daw. Even though Monty got that big red Joker spike on Archie to get me that in your face point, mm -hmm. I would say that, that Daw was probably the MVP in, in that Fantastic. crew in that time. Fantastic. What was the, uh, the final score? Uh, I believe, I want to say it was 8 2 or 8 3. So you got all eight. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, it might have been seven. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure I got the eight, though. I you already said eight. I'm giving you credit for eight. Okay. I'm not I'm not positive. Well, I'm going to long shanks. Long shanks. Go, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I think it Check was the eight. Tapes. I think it was eight, two. Or, Check or the eight, eight, three, eight, four, something. Like, I think it's eight, two. April. Round three, right? Yes. We're in suspense. And dun, dun, six, two. Six, two. Or, My bad. or eight. You're all wrong. Why yeah. do you lie to us, Carlos? So, I'm sorry. I thought I got all eight, but I got six. We round up here at uh, Students of Conflict. So <laughs> that's right. So that's right. I didn't get my second hit in Martyr's Point. And uh, there was one turn that I wanted to get in your face that I, I remember now that I didn't uh, have a, a model on a. I didn't get one strat and I didn't get one hit in Martyr's Point. Gotcha. Okay. All right, so game's over. Um, 
uh, you've let it sink in. Um, now it's time for advice for, okay. for the, for the players. Uh, so for the bottom third players that are just trying to level up and they see Jack Daw across the table. Um, I, I see if, yeah, I was going to say there's a few eyeballs looking at me on, on chat. Uh, any advice for those players facing Daw for the first time or even Daw 2 for the first time? Ruthless, ruthless is your friend. Anti-demise is also your friend. Okay, so anti-demise will get around the guilty um, and ruthless will get around the hanged Monty and Jackdaw. Gotcha. So I would say any of those things. The hanged really don't like ruthless because they're defense four. Well, hmm. let me ask you this. If if you know that Ruthless is such a, a crutch for you, don't you normally target models that have Ruthless? Is that something you focus on when you come across those? Yes, but, but uh, for example, in Guild, the models that have Ruthless are range 14. Mm-hmm. Okay, so since they're range 14, Hanged or Move 4 and have a 10-inch gun. So I have to get a mask to be able to get in melee with you. Uh, which is not a good good thing. The the hanged want to be able to shoot you, get into melee with you, and then punch you twice, right? That's what they want to be able to do. Because every time they punch you, if you are staggered, which you most likely will be, you will be pitching two cards, right? Bye bye uh, hand. And so um, my thing is is yes, I do target them, but the hanged themselves aren't able to do a lot of what they want to do because in those particular cases with the lone marshal and the pale rider um the pale rider especially is not the easiest model to kill uh the lone marshal is easier to kill but both of those also are high high movement stat and hang target movement so you're saying that you'd prefer to keep your hanged alive than to focus on eliminating ruthless targets is that like I mean, the as a jack doll player they're eight stone models so if you pay eight stones for a model you don't want it to die I'm just going to be put that out there. So, and this is Malifaux. So models die, you know? <laughs> so, so, but, uh, but so these are resurrectionist models, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, they already but, died once. Correct. Uh, but my point is, is that if you invest a lot of stones in these models, you're going to do your, you want them to do their job, right? Yeah. It's kind of like I spent 11 points on Harada and spent an entire turn in stones keeping him alive. I understand of this course. completely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, so like I said, with the Ruthless thing and them being defense four, they're only, they still have defensive tech, right? They can use stones. They're attuned. And then they also have incorporeal, right? But the terrifying is what keeps them alive. Right. Yeah. So if you can, if you can put one big, like four damage, five damage hit on a hanged, it's going to get reduced by one, and then I'm going to have to stone. But guess what? If I'm not use if I'm using stones to keep my hang alive, and I'm not using stones to keep Daw alive. Yeah. Do you typically carry ten or? Like, oh no! I I never I never I I never carry ten. I actually believe I started this game with four stones, but I have a prospector. Okay. Hey. Um, and the fun part about the prospector is sometimes you get, I guess, lucky because you can flip a severe on appraising. Uh, but it's not. It's lucky because it gives you two stones next turn, but it's unlucky because you spent a severe on a praise. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. So basically, the 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 prospector's turn one thing is it's going to interact to drop a scheme. 
It's going to stun itself to gain a stone. It's going to interact to drop a scheme, and it's going to use the appraise on the scheme to try to get a, car, a better card in hand, right? But if you flip a severe on the appraise, you get to drop either a friendly or an enemy scheme marker, and you draw a card. So then you would then you drop an enemy scheme marker, and then uh, on the front of the card they have this will fetch a high price. Where if they use the interact action to pick up an enemy scheme marker, they get gain a soul stone. Yeah. Okay. So so at the beginning, so I'll put it to you that way. That happened to me on turn one. So at the top of turn two, that prospector was a three point model because it got me three stones by the second turn yeah that makes sense yeah or you can funny money it where you had your full list out but you brought seven stones at this point because just that one turn you know correct you yeah the three that you just earned and yeah. it sounds like that if if you wanted to you could try to plan to do that every time if you wanted to waste a high value card correct yeah actually i don't know if you can cheat this that's a good question no, it's it's based off flipped yeah, so so you can cheat the actual. You need a four for the appraise to work. Oh, cannot be cheated. Yeah. Yeah. So you flip a four to make the appraise work. You can cheat that one. Yeah. But it's but it's kind of a feels bad because if you cheat that and then you flip a low card, you're pitching two cards to maybe get one that's better. Oh, okay. So there is a gamble to it. Okay. Yeah. I tend to like so in that particular list, I've got four soulstone users. In Daw, the Hanged, and Monty. Right? I was going to so, ask about that. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, here's the thing: is Daw has Servant of the Dark Power, so he can heal himself, right? And Daw can also heal other models. It kind of feels bad to use his activate one of his AP to do that. But um, uh, Monty, on the most part, between the terrifying and the defense six and the hard to wound, is kind of okay. Unless they red Joker him, I'm I'm using the stones for Hanged triggers. Or to keep hanged alive. So I mean, I would say that that you know, uh, running with at least five or six stones is fairly common in a dog crew. Okay. okay. And I was yeah, because I was going to ask that just that yeah, five seems a little low, but yeah, I forgot about the prospector because yeah, four soulstone users and like everybody wants masks. You want a, it looks like you need a million masks in this uh, in this crew. Uh, yeah, but. And but you so, draw you draw a million cards, so okay. you're gonna have you're gonna have cards, okay? Because of the That's because cool. of the because of the tormented ability. If if I do damage to a model that has an upgrade, I draw a card with every model. Okay. Another piece of advice when it comes to Jackdaw uh, for new players: expect not to have cards. So I would more than likely cheat your hand away. Because it's gonna, it's better, it's better to cheat your hand away and use the cards, than to not have cards at all. Right. Because otherwise, you're gonna be hanging on to those thirteens, and then you're gonna have to discard them anyway. Yeah. Force discard when you have severes is brutal. So that's what I would do. Good stuff. So going from the bottom third, newer player trying to level up to the middle third players that are getting some experience. They're trying, you know, they've gotten out of that newness phase. They're learning their crews and their opponent's crews and got the rules down. And then they see Daw across the table from them and they're familiar with what you've, what you've recommended already. Um, what would be the next tier of recommendation for, for a player like that? Conditions. Conditions also are something that they don't like. They don't like distracted. They don't like burning. 
Because <laughs> <laughs> guess what? Incorporeal does not reduce burning. Oh, good point. Yes, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Okay. So they don't like burning. They don't like distracted. They don't like stunned. Will it reduce poison? No. No. It only reduces attacks. Okay. They hate stunned. This is a crew that heavily relies on triggers. Sorry, just a, a quick rule of clarification because I'm still in this like middle bracket. So that means that incorporeal won't block like uh, like the misery that Dorian has, right? So like if I hit you for one damage with uh, the miseries distracted that you gained, that's going to actually hit you. Incorporeal doesn't block that. Okay. Correct. Similar to like Black Blood, right? Black Blood, Incorporeal doesn't block Black Blood because it's front of card, not actions. And also, if like for example, if Jack.2 used Unquiet Soul on an Incorporeal model, that damage would not be reduced because it comes from a a tactical action. That's right. Ah, okay. Okay, so... That's why I like Daw 2 a lot, because that guaranteed one damage is make or break. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, which is why it's only, you can only use it on each model once, because it would be overpowered if I could just be like, all right, uh, hang, throw an upgrade on this model. All right, I'm just going to flip fours, and you're going to take up to six, nine damage, because I can cheat the damage flips. Well, you kind of mentioned this earlier too, that like ha- having ping damage constantly happen to you could be a problem because you said like, yes. like, like Foreman Mei Feng, you said that you having that scrap marker ping. Correct. Could be an issue. Yes. So ping, ping. Uh, if you're if you're a middle tier player, uh, focus on uh, ruthless. Focus on conditions. Focus on stunned. If you if you have a model or something that has stunned, you know, um, stop you from getting your triggers. Yeah. Yeah. It's brutal. And that's another thing is the hanged gives out an upgrade with its bonus action. So forcing forcing the hanged to use an AP to get that upgrade out is also really, really good. Okay, writes down secrets. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and do everything you can to stop the hanged from putting its upgrade on you. Yeah. True story. Run away! Run away! Yeah, uh, because I mean, they have it's a stat 6, so it's not like if I've got a king or a black joker <laughs> in hand, <laughs> then it's going on you basically no matter what. But uh, if if you have a thirteen in hand and you're debating on whether or not to cheat to let this upgrade hit you, I would cheat it because not being able to choose what you do with your own models is never fun. Um, that's what I would say for for middle tier players. Fantastic, that's great advice. Um, stepping up one more. Uh, to the top third players, maybe they're familiar with a lot of this tech that they need to hire in. Um, is there any advice you'd give to somebody uh, on that level to uh, uh, take that uh, level one more notch up, whether it's uh, decisions that they're going to make as far as crew building or options that they'll have on the table, or maybe even be careful for certain, you know, uh, pro tip uh pro-level interactions on the table between your own models or some hidden tricks that you might do uh, with your interactions with the dog crew? Yeah, I would uh, bring a lot of models and focus more on scheming schemes is what I would do. Uh, Because if, if you don't interact with the bubble, you have a higher chance of keeping your cards and you have a higher chance. But, but that's another thing. If you focus on scheming schemes, you don't need cards. Hmm. Right. So if if you don't want to kill my models, if all you want to do is score sabotage and spread them out, you know, 
Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking to myself that a Colette matchup, like playing you with my Colette list would be interesting given that I wouldn't be focused on killing you. I would be focused on moving around and scheming, so. Run away! Yeah. Correct. Yeah. But I would be focused on killing you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I would say okay. that's uh, bring a lot of models and focus more on scheming. Or, you know, just, you know, play Damien and then not care about anything and just kill Right, everybody. and just win. <laughs> well fantastic well, all right uh we have a few questions that we got from our discord and reddit um mm -hmm. and uh we'll get a question from Quicket off of discord and he said uh uh it is said that the daw bubble is the strongest bubble however there's another keyword whose bubble you are somewhat afraid of oh is there another keyword that you might be afraid of as a bubble crew player I would say Pandora. Pandora? Yes. I would say Pandora's bubble is probably a little scarier. Gotcha. Care to elaborate? Yeah. yeah I mean, have you played against Candy before? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a jerk. In yeah. keyword and out of keyword. Holy crap, exactly. that model is great. So if, you got, if you're in the Pandora bubble, I would say, okay, so if I had to think about some of the best bubbles, quote unquote, right? Uh, Daw is definitely probably one of the better ones. I would say Pandora, because good God, that whole like it's another hand hate thing. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, you know, you got to pitch a card, or you're gonna gain stunned and not be able to do anything, or you're gonna pitch a card, and oh by the way, after you gain stunned, I'm gonna t do you a damage to you or push you away. So now you got to walk to punch me, or <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and it's just little things like that. You know, the Pandora, the the Pandora bubble is pretty gross. Um, I would say uh, the Hamlin bubble is pretty gross because, of course, blight is a thing you can't remove, and uh, nothing is ha nothing makes me happier than playing Hamlin, and you know, you, oh, oh, luring a model into the into the death bubble and then uh, loading them up with like ten blights and then using the obedient wretch to to shoot you and then you can't cheat and then you're taking ten ten damage per hit. So uh, that that one's kind of fun. Uh, Tony Ironsides is another bubble that uh, is not fun to play against. Right, and very underrated. Not a lot of people play Tony. Very underrated. Well, I mean, you just have pretty strong it's things yeah. and arcanists. On that, a lot of people played Tony early before titles came out. Titles came out, Tony got left behind. I'd love to see someone put her back on the table. She's still solid at doing what she does. You just don't see. Uh, I think you see shifts in the meta yeah. because titles came out and people are like, ooh, new ways to play things. I think over the next, you know, year, year and a half or so, we're going to start to see people starting to uncover some of the secret sauce of the original recipe masters, as I like to call them, with the, the new flavor from other stuff. And rediscover you know old favorites but shit always moves towards the new spicy mm -hmm. yeah but you also get the whole as ggs change it's so cool because it's like you know people could be like oh you know whatever titles come out and it's still gg2 at that point i guess you know yeah. so everyone's like everyone gets their impressions of a particular master and then the gg changes and we don't yeah. really go back and look at the old masters necessarily. And you're then you're like, oh my god, this master is actually amazing in GG3. So I, I love that about that the firsthand. game. What weird does. Yeah. 
You know, I loved uh, Levy 2 when he came out, and I would really like, because Outcasts, of course, don't have a writer, and most of the writers are good, right? Uh, so I went from having no writers to all of them, right? Uh, but in, like I said earlier, in this GG, I feel like if you don't have eight models on the board, you're you're stabbing yourself in the foot. And so I particularly don't think that Levy 2 is good in this meta because his models are so expensive, right? Uh, you got, you, you're going to want to bring at least two writers considering the fact that that's all he can hire. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's, that's yep. just like, uh, I mean, I agree. Um, but I'm trying to, what do you guys think? What is it? Am I leaving a bubble out that you guys think is like annoying? I said, Daw, I said, Tony, I said, Hamlin, and I said, Pandora. Yeah. yeah. I think you described a lot of bubbles that force you in or bring you in and just cause hell but there's also range bubbles that do well perdita 2 fucking perdita 2 bubble uh where's your uh soundboard i'm not sure that's the perdita noise yeah. <laughs> i think it's just yeah. like yeah. a groan actually but anyways no it's all good go ahead yeah yeah, yeah perdita 2's bubbles 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 from her, yeah from, from yeah. her free models <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i guess that i would ask when you end up in a bubble versus a bubble uh-huh like how do you deal with that or you know everybody's trying to pull each other in do you just pull each other in and just like pound on each other or do you what do you do then that's jack dot 2's design jack dot 2 is an anti-bubble crew okay yeah, the auras. Yeah, he puts he puts the the hazardous terrain on one model, and then he draws them in to that model, and now you're taking a lot of plink damage. All right, I've got an important question here. Yes, since we're talking about bubble crews. Yes. So clearly, very important question: if it is a bubble crew versus a bubble crew, is it a bubble bath? I would say yes. Hey, Doug, you know what rhymes with bad joke? Dad joke? Dad joke. That's what that was. That was a dad joke and a bad joke all rolled up. <laughs> hey, dad jokes have a very special and precise place in society. We cannot be, you know, looking down on dad jokes, okay? Oh, no. As a dad, I'd say them all day long. You got it. So final thing I'm going to say is this dad joke that I thought of while we were talking. So do you guys know who Soldier Boy's best friend is? No idea. Sensei you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> Doug, please keep that in the recording. That needs to live on forever. <laughs> Carlo's voice. I love this it. This is now how I'm going to announce playing that guy every time. I'm going to activate Sensei you. You're going to hear me from across the room, Carlo. You just need to bring Soldier Boy's song in there and every time he activates, just hit you. Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm bringing Shen Long next next tournament. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. I love it. We had one final question from Discord. I want to ask you real quick. Do you fear pigs when playing Jack Daw, and why or why not? Um, uh, that's that's another bubble that's pretty dangerous, man. Old yep. old majors bubbles, gross. Um. Do I fear pigs? Um, I would say to a certain extent. I feel like I, I would probably weasel some sort of shenanigans 
against pigs. But uh, yes, I would say to a certain extent, yes. Uh, Ulix 2 obviously has a lot of burning, and we've already established Jackdaw does not like burning. Okay? Uh, and since it's Paiyu, you can give it Ruthless. And if, if something is worse than Ruthless, when you're fighting against Jackdaw or with with Jackdaw against someone else, it's ruthless with plus flips. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so do I fear it? No. I, I mean, I like sometimes to like fight a losing matchup on purpose and figure out what I can do in that case. Right. So uh, do I fear it? No. Does it alter the way I play? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Fair so, enough. Yeah, I do have to change my strategies when I'm when I'm playing against the piggies. Gotcha. Fantastic. Well, uh, Carlo, I appreciate your time and and, and your insight with with Daw Two. It's a it's a pleasure to hear uh, some thoughts behind uh, the insanity that is the <laughs> tormented crew. Uh, do you have any plugs or parting thoughts before we uh, break away from this uh, this session? I've already said my joke. You've already said your joke. <laughs> yeah, I want to make a plug for dad jokes. Just keep on telling them. Keep yeah. on telling yeah. them. Yeah. So I actually have a plug that I'm going to make here. Make it. Go for it. So I'm about to start uh, really doing the big push for the Lone Star Fodown Malifo GT here in Houston, Texas, taking place uh, October 13th through the 15th, sponsored by... Top Doug Design, Heroic Scale Gamers, Dragon's Lair. Hell, I'll say Students of Conflict were sponsoring it because I can say that. Right. But yeah, so LoneStarFoDown.com slash events. There will be a link in the show notes. But the big, really cool announcement I have because I finally got approval for this is that anyone who registers before August 25th is getting a cool custom fate deck. What? Oh, okay. Okay. Heck yeah. And uh, yeah, the artwork is really, really cool. I'll show you guys after we're done here. I'll drop it in the Discord. Nice. And the only way to get this is if you register for the Lone Star Fodown Malifo GT before August 25th. Okay. Oh, I love it. That is amazing. Full information is in the show notes. Last year, it was bigger than I anticipated it was going to be. And this year, we're going even bigger. Nice. I loved it. It was fantastic. Yeah, it was an awesome, awesome. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I've never played Bonanza Brawl. I might actually have to try it this time. Oh, it's oh, it is delightful. It is so fun. <laughs> it's a little tough to play when you're drunk. Just heads up. <laughs> oh, that was brutal. Or is it easier to play when you're drunk? Because then you just don't care. I was going to say, it works just fine. That That's true. The, the problem is being drunk and caring, and then you just not do well because you forget stuff, and you're just frustrated because a half-blood murders half your crew. That can happen. Stupid <laughs> blood wretches. And and on that, that there is a pub in the place. So uh, uh, certainly yeah. that's part of the draw of... Uh, of the Dragon's, Dragon's Lair. Lair that we have there in Houston, but it is it is an amazing location as well as an amazing GT. And we have a hotel deal again for that is within walking distance of Dragon's Lair, so you can stumble there after you're done, which is great. I did last time I was there. It was fantastic. Yeah, ditto. Heck yeah. 
Well, that's going to be exciting. I, I encourage everybody to to sign up and utilize this incentive to sign up early because, my goodness, I think one thing that, that Doug mentioned in the past about early registration helps tremendously with the store, the planning, price mm-hmm. support, everything across the board. And I know as a Malifaux tournament player that I don't register ahead of time like I should. And I know a lot of other people don't. So please, we encourage you to, to try to sign up early. How many players were there last year, Doug? Uh, it was 26. That's actually pretty good. First year at the gate, that was great. I'm hoping for 40 or more this year. Yeah, I think we are on that way. And it was like, yeah, the 26 was the first one that we'd ever done, or that you'd ever done, rather, you know. And uh, and so, yeah, I'm I'm super excited about this. So Awesome. Many out-of-staters. Yeah, tickets are on sale now. Yeah. I'm going to go buy mine right now, Doug. Yep. Yeah. You're going to get yourself a fake deck. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, guys, I appreciate it. Carlo, thank you again for taking the time out to uh, school us in the art of Tormented. Uh, this thank was you. informational not only for the hosts, but uh, I know for a fact for the get or for the listeners, um, uh, uh, people need to be prepared and at least aware of what Tormented brings to the table. And I think you've done the community a service by helping them not learn the hard way. <laughs> yeah, right too. The guest uh, had this valuable information too. I, I now feel like I've learned a little bit about being beat up by him without actually being beat up by him. So right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Well, uh, thank you again, guys. And uh, I look forward to chatting with you on the next one. Awesome. Thanks for having me. This is Hasta fun. la pasta. Students of Conflict is brought to you by Top Dog Design. Check out topdogdesign.com for all of your Malifaux terrain needs. Top Dog Design, 3D printable designs to enhance your tabletop. Students of Conflict is not an official product of Weird Miniatures LLC. All intellectual property belonging to Weird Miniatures is used with permission. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of entities they represent. Any content provided by our guests and or hosts are their opinion and not intended to malign any group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Woo! And now you know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe.